Hi, this is Lori. And this is Rachel. Welcome to Tales, Tales from, from the Rock Side. Oh my god. We're back. We have a laptop that hopefully works. Oh god, this has been a journey. A journey is a word. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> We've just been fighting for the last two days to try to get our mm -hmm. uh, sound mixer rehooked into our new laptop and get things working. And... Getting the files over. Boy, it's yeah. been it's been rough. Yeah, I came downstairs and mom was like, "We have to go put in for the lottery today." <laughs> yes, because it finally worked. Yeah, it worked. I'm not feeling so like. Whatever fucking planet was in retrograde is obviously, like, chilling out, because yesterday I was a slug. Yeah. Yeah, it was really unpleasant. Yeah. So. You were in a weird headspace yesterday. Yesterday I was just like, I think I'm going to sleep all day and not do anything else. So that's what I did. <laughs> and uh, it was weird. But that's okay. I, okay. I feel better today. Alrighty, well, we're gonna get into an actual podcast oh now. Yay! God. Are you are you ready? Are you psyched? Are I'm you ready. Feeling? I'm ready. I'm ready to to talk about some people. Yeah, some peeps. Some peeps. Cool. Okay, I got my coffee ready. All right. So if I sound a little dreary, it's because I haven't had my coffee yet. Well, so you're working on it. I'm working through it. Yeah. Hopefully, you won't do too much slurping into the microphone. I will try not to. Yeah. Unless someone wants that. I I don't. Not on this podcast. All right. Well. If you want to listen to the slurp cast. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Today's episode mm. is about three pioneers of early rock and roll. Mm -hmm. And two are super problematic. Woo. And one's kind of great and kooky. I'm cool with kooky. Okay. We're going to do hot takes on Chuck Berry, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Little Richard. Woo. Yay. So first up is Chuck Berry. He was born October 18th, 1926. His birthday's coming up. Yeah. And, you know, most people now, you know him for his guitar work, his guitar yeah. solos, and also um, his stage style. Everybody, the duck walk. Everybody I was recognizes say, the, everybody duck walk. the duck walk. I um, I remember kids doing it in, like, uh, like when you would go out to the playground. And yeah. People would do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the if you were going to do an impersonation yeah. of Chuck Berry, that's that's what you do. I don't know why kids in my kindergarten were doing impersonations of Chuck Berry, but I do remember people doing it. So that, That's a little strange. I um, think it was more like a, look at this thing that I saw someone do. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But whatever. Continue. <laughs> and like it, a lot of his, like the lyrics of his songs were all about like being a teen and mm -hmm. cars and girls and, you know, that kind of, right. you know. And, um, you know, he was like, if you think of Buddy Holly as being like a country artist who did R&B or brought R&B elements into his music, Chuck Berry definitely was an R&B artist who brought in some elements of country music, which is that fusion right. that made early rock and roll was, you know, country and R&B mixed together. Pretty dope. So he had an interest in music from an early age, and he gave his first public performance at Sumner High School. But he was also a real troublemaker at high school. He wasn't interested in schoolwork. He had a problem with authority figures. What a surprise. In 1944, at the age of 17, he dropped out of high school, and he set off on an impromptu road trip to California with two friends. Do people still, like, just drop out and do that kind of shit? I'm sure it happens. It just doesn't seem like it's... It seems like it's harder to, like, fall through that. Well, I think the thing is, is anymore, there's, like, more options. So if you look at a kid who's, like, I, I'm not academic... 
they're like, okay, well then why don't you consider vocational school? That's or, true. You know, it's not like it's this That's true. or I guess nothing. That is what Jordan did. So, but he yeah. didn't drop out. He went to another school. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it, you know, there's options now for kids that are, yeah. are not going on. There's like one path and one path only. Right. Gotcha. You know. Did you drop out of high school? Let us know. Sure. Why not? I'm curious. Yeah. I just want to know how it works. I don't know. I was thinking out loud. Yeah. I dropped out of college, so. Yeah. Well, my sister dropped out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then she got her GED. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, is and, that still a thing? Can you still yeah. do that in the oh, 21st for sure. century? For sure. Huh. I think so. Like I said, I do think that there's more outreach to prevent that from happening, but I'm sure that it still happens. Mm-hmm. Just curious. Yeah. Um, anyway, they went off on this road trip, and they hadn't gotten any further than Kansas City when they came across a pistol in a parking lot. Yeah. That seems... And they decided to go on a robbing spree. Yeah. Stupid teenagers. I was going to say 17. Um, they robbed a bakery, a clothing store, and a barbershop. Then they stole a car before they got arrested. Oh, poor bakery. Yeah. Now, now, he said later that their car had broken down and the gun they used wasn't working. But it's still armed robbery, whether your gun works or not. You're yeah, still I mean, armed. You also, can't say, well, my gun, it was a, you know, whatever. It wasn't really working, so it's okay. It's yeah. like, no, it's still armed robbery. Yeah. Well, not only that, so you tested the gun. You know what I mean? Uh, supposedly, yeah. Did you test it on something? Oh, probably not. They probably, I mean, you, okay. you got to figure, you teens find a gun, they're going to go to a field and try to shoot it. You know I mean? That's... Not when I was a teen. Well, yeah, but we're, this is this like... This is teenage boys. Yeah, this is and teenage this is boys. this Yeah, exactly. Um, You're right. I'm not con- I'm not contextualizing it. I'm going, <laughs> if I found a gun as a 17-year-old, I would call the police. Well, yeah. Yeah, totally different. Right. Um, so he ended up going to a reformatory school for three years. After his release, he got married and he started working in an auto plant. And cool. he also went to cosmetology school. This is the strangest thing about him. He yeah. started a business, and he and his wife had eventually had four kids. And he did stay married to her for, you know, long time? a long time. Yeah. Um, in early 1953, he started playing music out in clubs and stuff. And he traveled to Chicago in search of a record contract. And there he met Muddy, <clears throat> excuse me, there he met Muddy Waters, who suggested that he contact Leonard Chess, who was the head of Chess Records. Cool. And Chess Records signed him, and then he adapted an old country song called Ida Red, and he turned it into Maybelline. Oh, okay. And that ended up selling over a million copies. Is it Maybelline, the makeup product, was out by that point, right? You know, I don't know. I didn't look into that. I think it was, but yeah. I, c- I could be super wrong. Yeah, I don't it actually could be. Know. It could be. I was just curious. I didn't know if that had been an inspiration with the name or anything. Yeah, I honestly, I didn't look into that. I don't, I'm, I don't know. Just wondering. Um, let's see. It Maybelline reached number one on Billboard's Rhythm and Blues charts. Nice. And then he ended up having a couple other early hits with Rock and Roll Music, Sweet Little Sixteen, Johnny Be Good. I know right. you've heard all these songs. I've heard all they're, of them. Yeah, very, very well known. Yeah, they're, they're, you hear them in like, you know. Yeah, I mean, anytime you, anytime there's a movie or a TV show that has a reference to like early rock and roll chances are likely they're going to have a chuck berry song right you know or bill haley one or the other exactly but, you know they're that's the this is what early rock and roll yeah. was. oh yeah well um uh back to the future well yeah and obviously back to the future because of that whole yeah. you know it's actually marty mcfly and not chuck berry thing 
Um, by I the mean, end, <laughs> it's silly, yeah. It's silly. It's a good movie. So. Um, by the end of the fifties, he was an established star. He had several hit records, and he had done some film appearances, and he was touring all the time, very successfully. He also had uh, started his own St. Louis nightclub called Barry's Club Bandstand. Cute name. Yeah. But when traveling in Mexico, he had met a 14-year-old waitress, mm. and he brought her back to St. Louis to work at his club. He also had a sexual relationship with her. Oh, great. 14. How old would he be at this point? Um, He's probably in his, like, early to mid-20s. Gross. Yeah. I mean, it's gross no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Um, then he fired her weeks later, and then she was later arrested for prostitution. Oh. Um, and, but he had charges pressed against him for violating the Man Act, which is transporting women across state lines for immoral purposes. Poor thing. Yeah, I know. And like, uh, she's fourteen. Yeah, and of course she went into sex work. What else was she? Yeah, the the majority of the articles that you read are like, you know, oh, she was just a hooker. Or she was just she's a prostitute. 14. You know, this is a fourteen year old girl who's trying to survive. I, I'm sure she didn't willingly make the choice to do sex work. Yeah, you also, know, and not and I'm not shaming anybody that does, but no. fourteen is too young to consent. Yeah, fourteen. Period. Yeah, fourteen is not a consensual age anyway. Yes, but. It's not even like some states it is. No, no, no 14 no, 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 no. is not at, at all. all. At all. Um, but also she's, she says he took her from Mexico? Yeah. Who knows how much of this language she speaks? She might have exactly. only been Spanish speaking. Yeah, yeah. So what, it's, she probably was looking for other jobs. She's 14. So yeah. who, knows, who knows how many other jobs she could even get? Absolutely absolutely you know yep don't judge people for doing what they have to do to survive as long as it's not hurting anybody else I hope she's okay yeah i don't know i don't know um anyway he ended up spending another 20 months in jail for that eh, that's a short period of time yep when there when he was released from prison in 1963 there was still a lot of interest in his music because of like all the newer british bands coming up mm -hmm. all talked about it you know how influenced influential he was on him on them uh, the Beatles especially, and the Rolling Stones especially. Right. He's hugely influential on Keith Richards' guitar playing. Hugely influential. Right. Um, he had a few more hits, like uh, No Particular Place to Go and Nadine. Nadine, I've heard. But the the momentum of his career had really passed. Well, yeah. And he mostly, after that, for the rest of his career, toured the oldie circuit. Um, you know, he had, did different things where he would go to, like... He got invited to the White House and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it, it was, you know, back and forth sometimes. It's just the way the oldie circuit is. Like, sometimes everybody's really interested in it and they're getting booked at these big venues and other times they're just playing. Yeah, exactly. You know? Did yeah. they, did he ever do, like, Vegas and stuff like that? Or was this before? It was really before that okay. was a thing. Yeah. I wasn't sure what the timeline of, like... You know, oh, everybody's going to Vegas and we're all going to go see, you know. Yeah, well, it really, like, the whole Vegas scene for, like, rock music is a fairly recent phenomenon. If you played Vegas, then you were definitely a lounge singer. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Got it. I just wasn't sure what the timeline of that was, to be yeah. honest. Interesting. He, he did have a hit in 1972 with a live rendition of a song called My Ding-A-Ling. 
Oh, I've heard that. Yeah, I, I, it topped the charts. That might be why kids knew who he was. It might be. It was in 72. Yeah, well, there was a there was a Simpsons episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a terrible song. I didn't put it on the playlist because it's, it's really <laughs> Can awful. Can you imagine if it was on the playlist? It's terrible. No, you should it's definitely have stuck it on the playlist. Nope. You can look it up if you're really that interested. You should I think also it's definitely look up that. It's like, a, it's like a talent show, that Simpsons episode. And I think it's Millhouse comes out and sings it. Yeah, then, I think so. And then Skinner comes and gets him. Yeah. I've seen every episode of The Simpsons. There's The Simpsons podcast, so if y'all are interested, I would happily go on The Simpsons <laughs> podcast. If anyone wants to contact them and let them know. Yeah. I love Simpsons. <laughs> um, his insistence on being paid cash at the oldies gigs um, in 1979 led to another four-month sentence, jail sentence, in community service for tax evasion. He wanted I to mean, be paid in cash, so he didn't have to pay his taxes. Yeah. that's a, That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in 1986... Honestly, that's the lesser of all evils at this point. Tax yeah. evasion? All right. <laughs> um, in 1986, uh, Keith Richards organized a concert for Barry's 60th birthday that was then filmed into a documentary film called Hail, Hail, Rock and Roll. I think I've seen a little bit of that. Yeah. It had... It's pretty famous. Eric Clapton, Etta James, Julian Lennon, Robert Cray, Linda yeah. Ronstadt, a bunch of other people appeared um, on stage with him, and obviously Keith Richards. But... <laughs> Keith Richards just organized. Yeah. <laughs> But um, it, it's been said that Chuck Berry was kind of a nightmare at this concert. Like, he wouldn't rehearse. He wouldn't make a playlist, even. He would be like, he'd start a song and he'd just expect the band to know it. And this is a band of famous people. Right. To just know it and jump in. And he wouldn't talk to any of them. He was known for doing that, like, with... When he would do the oldest circuit, he didn't have a band that he took with him. He would just go to a place and use local mus- musicians because uh-huh. that's cheaper. Well, yeah. And but he would do, do the same thing. He would like, okay, it's time to go. Let's get on stage, and then he'd start playing Maybelline and just expect everybody to know and be a real asshole yeah. if they didn't know it. Nice. So yeah, it's just his personality. He He's is. he was kind of an asshole. It sounds kind of like that, <laughs> to be honest. Um, in the late 1980s, he bought the Southern Air, which is a restaurant in Wentzville, Missouri. And in 1980, Wentzville. Huh. In 1987, he was charged with assaulting a woman at New York's Gramercy Park Hotel. Oh, he sounds real fun. Yeah, he was accused of causing lacerations in the mouth, requiring five stitches, two loose teeth, and contusions of the face. Yeah, this is someone you do not want to invite to parties. Yeah, he, at all. <laughs> like he would go in and he would just cause trouble, and you'd be like, "Dude, we're just sitting around having a beer." And he would just, "Oh, you want to fight? Yeah, he, nobody wants to fight you, yeah. Chuck Berry." Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he pleaded guilty to a lesser charge of harassment. So he beats her up, and yeah. then he says, oh, no, I was just harassing her, and he pays a $250 fine for it. $250? Yeah. That's and not going to pay the fine, any medical bills Well, the fine didn't has. go to her. The fine went to the police. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she's... Yep. Nice. Yep. Uh, here's another good one. Yeah, he seems lovely. <laughs> In 1990, he was sued by several women who claimed that he had installed a video camera in the bathroom at his... At his restaurant. Sorry. I should have waited till Rachel wasn't drinking it's coffee okay. for that one. Where in the bathroom? Uh, well, I mean, it's in probably where you can see stalls. No, no, no. Above the toilet? Below that the I don't toilet? Know. That I don't know. Cool. He said that he had... it's creepy either way, but it's really creepy if it's in the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> he claimed that he had a camera installed to catch a worker who was suspected of stealing from the restaurant. <laughs> There's other ways to do that. Well, also, are they, are they like, what are they, I'm grabbing are they a ham in... and I'm walking into the bathroom and stuffing it in my dress? 
Or just I, I mean, it in the toilet. I mean, I don't know yeah, what. Yeah, I, I don't I'm know. not really sure. I don't get this. Mm, um, toilet ham. <laughs> he said, although his guilt was never proven in court, he opted for a class action settlement because he didn't want to go. Yeah, to court. he didn't want to go, go back to jail. Go to jail again. Which. Okay. I appreciate that. I mean, um, one of his biographers reported that with the 59 women, 59 women. That's a lot. He paid out over 1.2 million plus legal fees. Then reportedly, and this is like, there's not one, a lot of information on this one. Reportedly, there was a police raid on his house that found intimate videotapes of women, one of whom was apparently a minor. What a shock. I mean, yeah. he did have that 14-year-old work yep. for him. So I'm, that's not like... Yep. Unfortunately, at this point, I mean, that's he's, not shocking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's in his 60s at this point. Right. So I'm just saying that's not shocking. It says, uh, also found in the raid were 62 grams of marijuana. Felony drug and child abuse charges were filed, but then the child abuse charges were dropped, of course. Yeah, what a shock. Because, you know, we're way more interested in pursuing the drug charges than we are the child abuse. He had some weed. Yeah. He... Weed, weed is not scarring a child for life, yeah. unless you're really doing something weird. I would assume. Yeah. But, like, having weed isn't mentally scarring anybody. Yeah. As but it said, uh, definitely, you know, fucking a kid is mentally scarring yeah. some people. Or even just, it might have just been, it might not have been him involved in it. It could have been just child porn. Not just, I'm not saying just child it's, porn. I'm, I'm, not, I'm saying we have no idea what it exactly still was. It's not good. No, no, it's not good. And I would argue that fucking a 14 year old and fucking a kid same thing well yeah, yeah absolutely so absolutely and my sympathy has run low yeah um yeah it says apparently a minor it you know it doesn't mean that it's a small child it's anybody under the age of consent yeah don't he already had a thing for a 14 year old so to me yeah. i'm like yeah throw the whole man away um he agreed to plead guilty to misdemeanor possession of marijuana and he was given a six month suspended jail sentence Placed on two years unsupervised probation, probation, and was ordered to donate five thousand to a local hospital. Okay. So yeah, in March nineteen, March eighteenth, two thousand seventeen, he passed away from a cardiac arrest at his home. Wait, two thousand what? Two thousand seventeen. Wow, that's not that. Yeah, not, not that long not ago. Not that long ago. Not that long ago. I didn't. I don't remember when he died. So apparently, yeah, I don't remember it yeah. either. I don't remember being a press thing. Yeah, which well, is funny. Apparently, nobody gives a shit. Well, I don't think that's true. I mean. No, yeah. I, I'm sure there was other things going on and people were just like, eh, well. Well, yeah, and, you know, people have a short-term memory, too. So, like, when he died, I'm sure there was a lot of, oh, my God, the father yeah. of rock and roll died and not, oh, my God, this guy who was kind of problematic died. I just, I don't remember them. I don't remember <laughs> and hearing this is, about it. Yeah, so. well, it's also slightly before the Me Too movement, so there right. wasn't a lot of talk about the, you know, shit that he pulled. Yeah, exactly. I almost wonder if there was just other shit going on in the yeah. news that I just wasn't paying attention he was among the first musicians to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1986. Um, he was cited as having laid the groundwork for not only rock and roll sound, but a rock and roll stance, which I'm sure they were referring to his I'm assuming, I'm assuming they mean his stage the dancing and the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, you know, and then when I talk about, like, this, these terrible things that he did, I'm not saying that he wasn't very important in rock and roll, obviously. No. Um, he was hugely influential. Like I said, Keith Richards... It, practically it, it made him interested in even being a musician he, right he loved chuck berry's music so much um but you know that doesn't excuse the shit that he did well yeah i mean it's the michael jackson problem yeah it's the 
I'm not going to say R. Kelly because that's a whole other thing. Oh, yeah, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. But it's it's the separate the art from the artist. Yes. Fun thing that we're trying to battle with even currently. Oh, absolutely. You know? absolutely. I still love everybody Michael Jackson's songs. Yeah, but... everybody struggles with it. <sighs> so just another person you're like, still like Chuck Berry? I'm glad he's not getting the money from his songs anymore, though. Yes. So... <laughs> I just, it's when I don't know who's getting the money is when I start getting a little like, ugh. Yeah, I know. You know, I'm assuming it's his estate that gets. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. I don't trace down that kind of stuff. I can start tracing it down if I'm you just, really That was a know. curiosity thing to me, honestly. <laughs> it's like that. Sometimes I don't do it because I know that I don't want to know. Yeah. No, that starts to like freak me out a little bit. I don't like. Like, when we saw all that Mac stuff that was Aaliyah. Yes. And I was like, I don't know who's getting this money. Yeah, yeah. Is it R. Kelly? Yeah. I don't want him to be getting this money. Exactly. So, I don't know. That's just a, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother can of beans or whatever the fuck you want to say. Can of worms? Can of worms? Can of worms. Can of beans? Yeah. I'm hungry. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Who okay. are we talking about next? Is next, it fun? Is it fun? Jerry Lee Lewis. It's not fun, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Great. Do you know much about Charlie Lewis? Not a lot. Okay, well, buckle in. <laughs> Great. <laughs> On the plus side, we get to talk about uh, Little Richard next, right? We do. We He's do. fun. He is fun. Okay. Anyway, let's go, Jerry Lee Lewis. Okay, Jerry Lee Lewis was born September 29th. Hey! I know. 1935. That's your birthday. Well, not, not 19, the year. Not, not 1935. I'm sorry. <laughs> not the year, but it is my it birthday. It is your birthday. Yeah, I get to share a birthday with Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah, you do have some I've real got, shit I, birthday I, ones. I, I share some really You get awful some really ones. bad ones. I'm yeah. so sorry. Yeah. Oh, well. That sucks. I mean, it doesn't mean anything in the long run. So. No, I mean, it's still, it's fun, but yep. you don't have like, it's not like a fun icebreaker thing that you can say, hey, guess what, guys? <laughs> I share a birthday with Jerry Lee. Everybody goes, ooh. I know. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, okay. Great. That's something you're proud of, I guess. <laughs> you're like, that's the best one you could think of, and you're like, that's the best uh, one I have. That's the best one I have. Sorry. <laughs> you had someone that was pretty good. Who was it? I don't remember I don't remember now. either. Oh, well. Okay, um, he was a pianist, mostly early rock and roll, right. obviously. Um, he was known by his nickname, The Killer. That doesn't sound good. Yeah, I mean, he got the nickname for- Was he for, a wrestler? No, he got the nickname for his his performance style. I don't- Yeah. I still don't like it. Yeah. Unless well. he's in the WWE, then I don't think The Killer is that great of a name. Yeah. I mean, I think it was because, um, especially when he was in on those, like, multi-act bills he was such a dynamic incendiary performer that no one wanted to follow him because he killed it on stage you know like like he got done and people were like okay the show's over and it's like no no there's three more acts yeah it seems like they still could have come up with a better name the showstopper just saying he was he's been described as rock and roll's first great wild man this sounds scary (laughs) He sounds like someone I don't want to see. All right. Well, here we go. Oh, God. Uh, Jerry started his musical career playing piano with his cousins, Mickey Gilly. I like that he's called the killer, but he definitely he like started playing piano. I don't know. Oh, no, that's really all he ever played was piano. That's something really I mean, soft and on stage. That's odd what he's about like. that. Not the way he played. Great. 
Yeah, not the way he played. All right, so his cousin. Um, he played with his cousin, Mickey Gilly. Mickey Gilly later became a pretty big country star. Yeah, nothing there. Sorry. And his <laughs> other cousin, Jimmy Swaggart. You know who Jimmy Swaggart was? No. Is that his real last name? Yes. He was a very famous TV evangelist. Oh, shit. I do know who he is. Yeah. What yeah. is going on wasn't, in that family? Wasn't he the one that, that got caught with a prostitute? Or, I'm sorry, a sex worker? I don't know. I think so. And then I think she went on and did, a, like, a spread in, in Playboy or Hustler or something like that. I don't... I, that one I don't remember. I think so. I the think only... he's the one that did the real tearful, I'm so sorry oh, on TV. Oh, shit. You're right. I think that is him. I think that's him. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't his, like, wife next to him? And she was, oh, like, who knows? rolling her eyes or some shit? I don't who remember. Knows? They usually are. <laughs> I don't remember that part. <laughs> Anyway, um, <laughs> I, love, I don't remember that part anyway. <laughs> anyway, Jerry Lee Lewis eventually ended up working as a studio musician for Sun Studios. Okay. Um, Sun Studios was pretty famous because they were, it was started by Sam Phillips and he discovered Elvis Presley. Right. Okay. Um, in 1956, he recorded his first single, which was a cover of Ray Price's Crazy Arms, which it did okay locally. <laughs> Crazy Arms. Crazy Arms. I don't, I don't know that song. It sounds, um, it sounds like a really weird kind of like, you know, when you go to a pizza place and you get crazy bread? Crazy arms. Crazy arms bread. Okay. I bet it's delicious. Well, it looked like arms? Um, Yeah, for Halloween, oh. I think. I saw this picture of... Mm. Um, <laughs> Side stories. <laughs> yeah. I saw this picture in of a Disney thing. It's at Disneyland that they said witch fingers are back. And, you know, they're like, I've seen, you know, right. candies or whatever that look like witch's fingers. But these were bread, like breadsticks kind of thing. That's adorable. They looked real weird, though. Because oh, they really? were super puffy. Oh. <laughs> it was they strange just, like, looking. They just bloated. Yeah, yeah. It was That's after strange. you had too much salt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's cute. So maybe they're like that. We'll look that up later. Crazy arms. Crazy arms. Um, he became real good friends with Carl Perkins, and he worked on some of Carl Perkins' songs. And he was at Sun Studios with Carl the day that Elvis Presley and Johnny Cash dropped by. Oh. And they all started. <laughs> they all just go. I'm imagining that all of their necks just went. Whoosh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were all fairly new in their career. So it's not like, oh, oh my okay. God, it's Elvis <laughs> Presley. Oh, my God. You know, okay. it was more like, oh, hey, there's that guy who's got a couple of hits. Right. Okay. I was, exp- yeah. I was thinking like, like record scratch. Everyone no, turns their heads and goes. No. <gasps> Okay, never no, mind. Not at all. I take it back. And uh, but they all they decided to start jamming. Jamming. Yep. And uh, the whoever it might have been Sam Phillips was like, hey, I'm going to record this. They're in the studio. I mean, they're just jamming. But you know, let me flip the switch, and recorded it. And then years later, this was put out as a record called the Million Dollar Quartet Sessions. I think I've heard a little bit. Yeah. About it. Yeah. Um, in 1957, his song Whole Lot of Shaking Going On became a hit on the pop, country, and R&B charts. Sex? Is that about sex? I mean, veiled, I'm sure. Most right. most early rock and roll songs I, yeah, are. Yeah, I figured. It was... Yeah. Um, by this time, he was getting a reputation for his wild performance style. He would attack the piano. He was, he'd be like playing and then he'd like put his foot up and stomp on oh. the keys with his foot. And then he'd put his foot back down and he'd jump up in the middle of the song and his piano bench would go flying back and he'd, you know, just be smacking the, the keys and, I see and now. you know, yeah. And his hair would be flinging around and is that occasionally he'd even light the piano on fire. He yeah, was, he, he was, was just like crazy. Right. He was the early, like, 
like I'm gonna take this guitar and smash it to bits. Yes, yes. Got Only it. it was a piano. Right. Yeah. Well, could you imagine if you picked it up now? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, amazing. And his style was that kind of like that boogie woogie style. Right. So you can do a lot of like beep 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 beep, beep with your right hand where you're really right. smacking the keys really hard, yeah. and he would do the the spins up and down the keyboard okay. and, I got and it stuff. Now. Um, he had such energy and enthusiasm that he earned the nickname The Killer for the way he knocked out his audiences. I mean, it almost sounds like, like it said. also totally killed his piano. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. But yeah. I'm sure it was also... Because the thing about piano... I mean, piano, pianos are pretty sturdy. <laughs> well, the thing about a piano um, in, in a touring situation in those days is that you didn't bring your piano along right. you called the venue and said oh hey you have a piano because you've hired a piano player and most most places had one and they're like oh sure and they'd wheel it on stage and then he'd like burn it oh my god <laughs> and then he'd be like thanks <laughs> see you later jesus <laughs> god i kind of i feel like if you're going to be doing that kind of bullshit to a piano it's just common courtesy to bring your own well yeah or, like, or re reimburse them or, or something, them or something. Yeah. yeah say you got an old beater you can put out hey, there can i light your piano on fire yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's a lot um his, okay. his next single was great balls of fire i've heard that song yep excuse me and that was another big hit in december <coughs> of 1957 the following March, he had another hit with Breathless, which made it into the top 10 of the pop charts. I'm sorry. The Killer had a song called Breathless? Yes. All right. But he's saying, you leave me breathless. It's actually a pretty good song. Okay. Yeah. I like that song. Um, Autoerotic asphyxiation. Is that not what it's no, about? <laughs> no. It really isn't. Uh, he then started a tour of the UK in 1958, bringing along his new wife. Aw. Yeah. He had already had two brief marriages and when he married Myra Gale Brown in 1957. We got an age for her? Yeah. She was 13. Uh. And she was also his first cousin once removed. I have less of a problem with that. <laughs> oh, no. I'd have a problem with it. <laughs> I have I, a problem with both of those. I mean, yeah. I think both, that's too close. <laughs> both of them combined yeah, is a huge problem. But if she was like, you know the same age as him i would have less of a problem with the cousin thing. yes because it's you know, absolutely this is the 40s or 50s or whatever this is the 50s this late, is the 50s. late 50s okay fine i don't condone the cousin thing but whatever whatever but the 13 year old thing is a real issue because oh, yeah, it's illegal yeah and gross that too do you know what i was doing at 13 editing my myspace page yeah, but they didn't have MySpace in 1957. I'm just saying that should tell you how young that is. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. She definitely should have been, like, you know, going to high school and thinking uh -huh. about, like, what clubs she wanted to join. Yeah, that's not even... Like that. that's not like going to high school, going, getting ready to go to high school. She'd be going to high school. Yeah. Because high school's 14. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. <sighs> um, news of his underage bride broke as he started the tour, and it was a huge thing, and especially because they were touring England, where the press is, can be so, you know vicious they right. were they were like oh my god we smell a story and they i mean yeah no no i i'm not downing them i'm just yeah. saying that the the english press can be particularly i'm harsh. sure they can and but honestly in this situation all right yeah so they they ended up uh canceling the tour oh and the poor thing yeah i know so then and then he went back to the united states thinking you know thank god i'm out of england but it, it was it, be, sure. it was a huge story yeah. here too um he got a less than warm welcome radio stations were refusing to play his songs he was having a hard time getting live performances did um, he get arrested for this 
No. Seems like maybe he should have. Nope. Um, he had one more hit with a song, High School Confidential, from the movie in 1958. And that, but he had recorded that, and I, he might even be in the movie. Um, I have no idea on that one. Because they would oftentimes, these movies in the 50s, they would have whatever the story is. At some point, the protagonists would like, oh, let's stop in this club. And then they'd right. have somebody performing their big hit. Right. Um, and uh, But he had recorded that like right before this whole thing had happened. So that was a hit, but his career was really taking a nosedive. Well, valid. Yes. Um, he kept performing through the 60s, but he didn't chart any new music. His live shows were still a draw because he's such an right. energetic performer. Right, right, right. He's still really, you know, dynamic to see on stage. And this is in the oldie circuit, so people are going for the old hits. Right. Um, but in 1968, he made a transition into country music, which kind of reignited his career. And throughout the 60s and 70s, he regularly top topped the country and western charts. How is he? Was they still married at this point? Um, not to her. I'll get to the marriages okay. here in a few. Um, throughout his seven-decade career. That's a long-ass yeah, time. He's had 30 songs reach the top 10 on the Billboard Country and Western chart. So, I mean, That's he's extremely successful yeah. in country music. That's a lot. Extremely. I, I don't yeah. know much about country music anyway. No, so. me neither. Um, even though I just finished watching the Ken Burns uh, yeah. country documentary, which was extremely good. I'm going to marathon it because yeah, that's how it I watch very things. Good. But yeah, I definitely want to watch it. Um, he has been married seven times. That's a lot. With some of the marriages overlap overlapping a little bit. That's illegal. <laughs> yeah. He had six children during his marriage. Two of them have passed away. Oh, that's sad. In 1962, his son, Steve Allen Lewis, drowned in a swimming pool at the age of three. That's Aww. really sad. And in 1973, Jerry Lee Lewis Jr. died at the age of 19 in a car accident. Mm, yeah, it's very sad. That's really sad. Um, his third marriage was to Myra. He in his first in his first early marriages, like his second marriage, I think he, it he got married to her like 26 days before his divorce was final from his first marriage. Yeah, that's an overlap. Yeah, that kind of stuff. He, mm. Yeah, and some slight overlaps. Mm -hmm. um, his third marriage was to Myra. She filed for divorce in 1970 on the grounds of adultery and abuse. Yeah, how old would she be at that point? Um, what? What the Rachel, ripe old age math. of 15? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I no, because they got married in 57. I can't do that math. So she was about 30. Ah, yes. The ripe old age of 30, excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> she had charged him that she had been subject to every type of physical and mental abuse possible. Not surprised. Yeah. His fourth marriage was to Jaron Elizabeth Gunn Pate, who drowned in a swimming pool at the home of a friend several weeks before divorce proceedings could be finalized. Oh. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Um, his is, it gets worse. Okay, cool. His fifth marriage to Sean Stevens lasted 77 days. That's pretty short. Mm-hmm. Did she also wind up in a pool? From set, from June to August of 1983, which ended in her death from methadone. These are sounding weird. Yeah. She was 25 years old. Remember when I joked that maybe don't have somebody named the killer? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. She was 25 years old and Jerry was about 47, 48. Ew, I'm 25. Yep. That's gross. Yep. Also... It, it, yeah okay. there there was the death was real suspicious um, yeah. a grand jury didn't find any wrongdoing but it, it was just like i said they were married for a little over two months 
Right. And all of a sudden, he said that he had had some methadone from some injury, like pills, and she accidentally took them. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. Because I wasn't sure if it was like she had had this addiction. No. Cool. Yeah. That doesn't sound. Um, yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I it's, don't, it's a weird story. That's not good. Yeah. I remember when that happened and I remember like the tabloids just going crazy over it. I mean. Yeah. Because it was, it's weird. It's, it's kind of fair. Really weird. Yeah. His sixth marriage to Carrie McCarver lasted 21 years. That's a long time. Um, she was 21 and he was 48. Ew. Yeah. This is also like this. He got married to her the same year that the, his, the previous one died. So it was just like a couple months okay. later. Okay. Yeah. This, people were real quick about their marriages, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's a uh, gross. Um, he married his seventh wife, Judith Brown, on March 9th, 2012. The last one's alive? Yes. Cool. He's still alive. Yeah. I meant the last before this one. I assume so. But okay. It just said that they got divorced. It didn't. I say, just yeah was making sure. Yeah, because he's and, two for seven at this point. Yeah, and um, the 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 lady he's married to now, Judith Brown. I couldn't find an age on her, but she didn't look like she was that much younger than oh, him. Okay. Like, like I'm sure she's got a good sure twenty years younger. Because he's like in his eighties, yeah, or something that like that. Sense. And so, yeah, she's probably in her sixties or so. Yeah, but she's not twenty exactly okay exactly slightly better um he was inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame in 1986 another part of that initial wave of you know all the big hitters right right and um his pioneering contribution has been recognized by the rockabilly hall of fame cool so and like i said he's still alive alive. i believe he's still performing really actually yeah yeah I didn't see, I mean, I know he's had some health problems, but he didn't seem to be like, they, nothing said that he's retired officially. Yeah. So, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And also, a little, uh, little scary with the two for seven batting average. Yeah. Isn't that weird? That's weird. Yeah. The, like, hmm. I mean, the, the pill one's a, a lot more suspicious yeah. than the drowning one to me. Oh sure, except the fact that she they were getting a divorce and yeah. she was staying with a friend when she drowned. It's just weird. It's just odd. I'm not saying it, that he did anything no, no, or anything no, no. like that. I'm that's just saying just it's a, odd. that's just a weird situation that, you know. Yeah. And like I said, I remember when all oh, that the tablet situation was going on that uh there was a lot of allegations of abuse. Right. A lot of well, allegations I mean, of abuse. And that you know, had already that's come a, out years before too. Yeah, yeah. Like everything so. I've heard of him is that he's just kind of a real mean real dickhead real misogynistic abusive kind of guy great but no one's ever pursued that to the point of like legal ramifications feels like maybe someone should do something about the 13 year old yeah yeah poor little 13 14 year olds oh my god especially back in the day yeah it's gross. And, you know, I honestly don't know what the age of consent, if there even was an age of consent in 1957. I, there might not have been. They might have been. I don't know. Or it could have been, well, you know, her parents signed off on it, so it's fine because well, I mean, they own her and now he owns her. Because, you know, bring, I know. Not to bring it back to Aaliyah, but. Yeah. Um, okay, so. We doing a fun one? We are. Oh, I don't like the way you said are. I mean, the thing about Little Richard, I feel, is that he was a good guy, or is, is a good guy. He's still living. I was going to say, he's still alive. Um, but he's had some, it's like, it, it's like either the person does bad things or the person themselves 
has a bit of a tragedy to them. So that's what I feel about little Richard. Like, Aww. yeah, yeah, he had his struggles. We'll get into it. Okay, let's go. Uh, born Richard Wayne Penniman on December 5th, 1932. Uh, the last person we're going to talk about is little Richard. Woohoo! Little Richard was born in Macon, Georgia, and his father was both a deacon in the church and a bootlegger and a nightclub owner. Wow, that is two sides of a personality yeah. I've ever heard yeah. of. Yeah, and this that dichotomy really influenced Richard his whole life. I honestly kind of love For that. For sure. I honestly kind of love that. Um, he grew up singing in the church, and he was very influenced by gospel music. Right. As a teen, he played music with various people, picking up different styles and looks. He got the piano style from the song Rocket 88, the mm-hmm. Ike Turner song. And he played with a guy named Dr. Nubilo. Cool name. Who, who would wear turbans and capes. So he Richard started picking up wearing turbans and capes. That's awesome. Uh, he played on the minstrel show circuit, and he did drag. No way. Yeah, and he I forgot to write down his drag name persona. He That's had a drag dope. name persona, yep. Um, so far so good yeah and he picked up using like his look with the pompadour and the thin yeah. mustache from a musician named billy wright and also from a musician named escarita cool i like that he was like very experimental with his yeah look, yeah and that's very yeah that's very fun exactly um he made a demo that was getting shopped around and it and finally he finally he ended up on specialty records um he recorded and i really kind of condensed his career down because little richard like it seemed like about every two years he was doing something different <laughs> so he was a he little seems, harder to yeah, uh i get the feeling especially he didn't have like hits and then go on the on the oldies circuit right he, he definitely bounced well, around yeah. quite I mean, a bit even from just like you're talking about like oh well he did drag for a bit and then he yeah and this and this is this. when he was a teen that was That's, all when he was in his late like, teens he obviously has that like thing and i know some people who have this that are like okay it's been too long that i'm now in my comfort space yes let me get out of that yep. comfort space which yep is very i think that's very admirable oh yeah because yeah. i will sit in my comfort space until i die yeah <laughs> uh he had recorded a couple of songs he ended up on specialty records i think i mm-hmm. said, that. Yeah, you said that he recorded a couple of songs that no one was real happy with and then one night he was hanging out with uh, the producer bumps blackwell cool and he started playing this risque blues song called Tutti Fruity. I've heard this song. And Bumps thought, that's this could be a hit, only mm. you got to clean up the lyrics a little bit. Well, that's no fun. Um, <laughs> the, well, the original lyrics were... Mm, oh, boy. Tutti Fruity, good booty. If it's tight, it's all right. And if it's greasy, make it easy. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, it's a veiled sex. Veiled? Veiled? Uh, veiled <laughs> a not so veiled. I'm sorry. A not so veiled... veiled uh analogy to anal sex in particular oh for sure so like it, not well, not so veiled. What, if it's greasy make it easy yeah oh for fucking yeah. sure so they just basically replaced it by saying tutti fruity all rudy tutti fruity all rudy and then most of the lyrics are about getting a girl i got a gal named sue you know yeah this is what to do they're still like they're slightly still, yeah. dirty but they're like oh my god it's slightly dirty it's not, not oh that's raunchy it's not <laughs> oh that her asshole. Or, or no no we can't even play that on the radio oh <laughs> that sucks is that like a canal can 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 what the fuck what are you trying to say <laughs> canon can canology yeah is that the first song about anal sex oh that i don't know okay <laughs> that i don't know i mean this is the thing that i found kind of annoying when researching it is all everything said this is about gay sex bitch no and it's like well no it's about 
anal I'm sex. Sorry. Everyone's got a butthole. N- and <laughs> That's my not slogan. to say that, that That's my slogan for presidency for 22. Well, yeah. <laughs> and it's not to say that it that he wasn't singing about yeah. gay sex because he was. Yeah. But it's the song itself is about anal sex right. which can be either or. Yeah. So. Everyone's got a butthole. There, that's just my my sl- my slogan. <laughs> Everyone's got a butthole. Everyone's got a butthole. Um, that means anal sex is possible with everyone as long as they're of consenting age and want to do it. Thank you, Rachel. You're welcome. Thank you. That was Rachel's TED Talk. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> and uh, I'll see you in Vegas. Woo! <laughs> so, uh, Tutti Fruity was an instant success. It went to number two on the R&B charts and 21 in the top 100. Nice. And it also hit the charts in England. He was real popular in England. So were the other two. Yeah. Um, I, you said. Yeah. 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 His next single was Long Tall Sally, which went to number one in R&B and number 13 in the top 100. And that's also pretty risque not about anal sex this time no um the lyrics are about uh like (laughs) it's it's about this guy uncle john who is pretending to be sick but he's really fooling around with long tall sally oh that's like yeah yeah that's not that bad no like i said it's that's the kind of like oh that's kind of dirty but it's still acceptable airplay right 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 right. it's not (laughs) No, no, it's it's not Tutti Fruity, which gonna, was very... Uh, I was going to make the joke. Yeah, yeah. Um, he began touring, and he had a very flamboyant performance style. He right. was a piano player, too. But he would stand up at the piano player. I don't... You rarely sat down. He would climb up on top of it. That's one. I've seen videos of yeah. stuff Yeah. Or he, footage. And, yeah. yeah. He would... Um, he wore like more colorful clothing mm-hmm. with sequins all over him, capes and suits. Yeah, he knew what stage presence was. Yeah, yeah. I think he also he would like toss stuff to the audience. Hell and yeah. yeah, yeah. He was a good stage performer. Um, he had a string of hits including "Slippin' and Slidin'," "Rip It Up," "Ready Teddy," "The Girl Can't Help It," and "Lucille." But a lot of his songs were re-recorded by white or white artists. Yeah. Um, most well known would be Pat Boone. That was the time. Yes, for and the Pat Boone's covers. I mean, Pat Boone did a cover of both Tutti Fruity. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not the original lyrics. I shouldn't laugh. I'm and, sorry. And can he, you imagine? I know. And uh, and he also, I think he did Long Tall Sally too. But his, they're such anemic versions. I'm sure they're they are. Just so boring. But the sad thing is, is that they would get more chart. Well, they yeah, would go higher in the charts than the yeah. Times, exactly. He also appeared it's hard in. To say, but. Yeah, he also appeared in the movies "Don't Knock the Rock" and "The Girl Can't Help It." Yeah, I think I've seen his scene in "The Girl Can't Help It." Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, in 1957, he was touring Australia, and he shocked the audience mid-tour by announcing that he was going to follow a life in the ministry. Oh no way! Yeah, he had a farewell concert at the Apollo Theater. Sweet. And he enrolled in Oakwood College to study theology. What a cool dude! Yeah. He met and married Ernestine Harvin in 1959 and started recording gospel music. Aw, she an adult? Yes. Yay! <laughs> I, I just felt like we should check. <laughs> yes. Uh, in 1962, he started a tour in Europe with Sam Cooke. And he was performing gospel music on the first night, but the audience booed him because Sam Cooke was going out and performing his hits. Right. And then he was coming out and doing Aww. gospel music. And so, like, that this, sucks. that kind of competitive thing in him, he was like, oh, God, Sam's killing it, and everybody hates what I'm doing. Right. So he started doing the I old mean. hits. Yeah. Um, Brian Epstein contacted him to see if the band he was managing could open him on, open up for him for a few dates. 
And so the Beatles opened in New Brighton and in Hamburg. Very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Um, and Little Richard was a big influence on Paul McCartney's vocal style. Mm-hmm. The Beatles covered a couple of their songs, um, in particular Long Tall Sally. Yeah, I've, I think I've heard that cover. Yeah, yeah. And that real kind of shouting vocal mm-hmm. style, Paul McCartney was very, very influenced by. Uh, throughout the 60s, Little Richard kept recording secular music and touring. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. I, no, I genuinely think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so, but nothing was really, you know, hitting, but he was still I mean, recording music. when was the last time you heard a gospel hit, Well, this is, no, this is secular music. Oh, secular I'm so sorry. means non-gospel. Non-gospel, I'm yeah. so sorry. Um, uh, for a while, he had a band that had an up-and-coming guitarist named Jimi Hendrix. Hey! Yeah. But they kind of clashed over, basically, over egos and money, I you mean, know? they were like, both pretty big, well, yeah, flamboyant personalities. I think you had, it was at a time when Jimmy was, like, wanting to, you know, step out into the spotlight. Right. And Little Richard didn't like it if they're on stage and everybody's looking at yeah. Jimmy. And then Jimmy felt like he wasn't being paid properly, which he probably wasn't. So. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. It's cool, but we're glad that they probably went their separate ways you know yeah um he kept touring and recording through the 70s but by 1977 he was pretty worn out from all the touring and the partying that went along with it and he quit rock and roll again and returned to evangelism cool and released a gospel album in 1979 um he had been divorced by then his marriage ended i think it was about five years Mm -hmm. so um i mean if he was on the road for the whole time too yeah that's hard that's fair. In 1985, a biography was released about him, which gave renewed interest, and he went back to touring mm-hmm. and kind of pulled, put on the Little Richard persona again. Yeah. So basically, in his whole career, he kind of jumped back and forth between being Little Richard mm-hmm. and being a preacher. Which you is know. cool. Um, I think that dichotomy is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, he would appear, he appeared on a bunch of talk shows and guest spots on films at that time, and he was on a lot of other people's recordings. Um, in 1990, he recorded a rock and roll version of the Itsy Bitsy Spider. Yeah. It's really cute. It's, um, wasn't, he was on an episode of Sesame Street. I think, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Because I specifically and remember that might be the first time I ever saw Little Richard. Yeah. He, that led to a deal with Disney that he made a children's album. Yep. Um, he retired from performing in 2014. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. that's not that long ago. Yeah. Dude, mostly to ill health. I mean. Yeah. Aging too. You get tired. It happens. Yeah. In his personal life, he had relationships with men and women. Dope. His marriage ended in 1964, as mm-hmm. I said. And at various times, he would say he was gay. And then later on, he would denounce homosexuality as being against the way God wants you yeah. to live. And so I think that's the, the kind of I feel like the tragedy for Little Richard is that, you know, I, he has said that he was gay, not bisexual. Right. Um, he also had a real interest in voyeurism, apparently. I mean whatever you know consensual you're, warriorism you're, you're, fine whatever yeah, your you know you want to yeah, be a cuck that's fine that's i um, have less than no problem yeah, that you want to be a cuck because yeah. everybody's consenting exactly. to that situation so go for it exactly um but it was always this you know well i want to live by the church and the mm. church says this is wrong it's a hard yeah. that would be a hard line to walk especially your dad was a deacon yeah and you know you're obviously someone who believes in god and has absolutely this, you know uh, spiritual, mm-hmm. like bent, natural. Sure, yeah. Bent is the word, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then you have this also 
love for men and women and that's rough yeah so it can't be easy i'm sure yeah like i said it was difficult because you know at the time the church was saying it was wrong i mean obviously a lot of still churches yeah, do but there say. are a lot more open ones <laughs> yeah, now yeah, yeah, too yeah. so yeah for sure it, it would be a little easier for him to live his life yeah. as far as i could tell i couldn't find any time when he had a relationship with a man mm-hmm. um he did have, there was a couple other relationships with women that he had early on um but if he's had a relationship, it's it's been very, very, very down low because there was nothing out there about that. I mean, that. it's very possible that now he's in a relationship with whoever. Yeah, could man be. Man or woman. And is just keeping it on the yeah. down low and is could living be. his life, you know? Yep. He also had had some uh, problems with drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, in the 1970s, he had a pretty bad problem with cocaine and PCP. and But he gave those up right before he went back into the ministry. Cool. Good for for, honestly, good for him. Yep, and like I said, in recent years, his health has been declining. He's old. So, yep, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in the first wave, also in 1986, and in 1990, he received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. So, like I said, he's still alive. Yeah, he's still alive. Declining health. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming he's just kind of chilling in his house, and you know, yep, living living his best, yep, best life for the last. The yep. last bit of it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, I mean, I really like Little Richard. I mean, I like I, I like yeah. the music of the other guys oh, for too. Sure. But you can genuinely like him as like a personality exactly. as well. Exactly. Um, which is always kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, and the, one of the reasons I decided to put all of these guys together was just because I I do think they're all super pioneers oh, for and sure. you know very important. People should know about them. But th- I do think that. Each of them, like, had their style, and then every song kind of fit into the same style. Right. So, you know, it was hard for me. I mean, I'm sure there's people that are huge stands of theirs that I'm are just sure. like, that's o- that's oh, so God, awesome. you should have, have no problem with that. you should have made a playlist that had 30 songs yeah. of just Chuck Berry. And it's like, no. I, I mean, if, really you're a huge, if you're a huge Chuck Berry fan, <laughs> you probably are like, like that, not following probably... this for information anyway. Well, not only that, everything. <laughs> not only that, but you'll also probably have your own playlist of 30 Chuck Absolutely. Berry songs. Absolutely. So, no offense, but you can go listen to that. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. This is a... Yeah, this you know. is a sampling. Right. This is a taste test. Yeah. This yeah. is a smorgasbord. Yeah. It's a taste <laughs> test for your ears. Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. It's the old country buffet of, <laughs> of audio clips. <laughs> it's the golden corral of audio. <laughs> is that downplaying it too much? <laughs> that sounds gross. <laughs> Sorry, golden corral. <sighs> All right. Well, so that's it. Awesome. Anything you want to say about our trio? I mean, go little Richard. That yeah. seems to be my takeaway from this. Yeah. I mean, listen to their songs, no, no, no. all of I'm, them. The playlist I, is really I do like the song Breathless a lot. That's probably yeah. my favorite uh, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis Jerry song. Jerry Lewis. Okay. Yeah, I do like that song yeah. a lot. Li- I mean, and it's not as overplayed as, like, Great right. Balls of Fire. I'll listen to it. There's, there's, I mean, obviously, I've heard Great Balls of Fire. I've heard a lot of Rich- Little Richard songs. Yeah, yeah I'm sure you if you, as soon as you hear a whole lot of shaking going on, you'll I'm be like, oh, sure. I've heard that song, too. I'm 100% sure. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, but I'll, I'll listen to this one for sure. Yeah. I and actually have been listening to the playlists, I swear. Good. But yeah. And I, I didn't put the Itsy Bitsy Spider on the playlist because it kind of was, like, outside of what yeah. the rest of the playlist is. But it's a lot of fun. And yeah. And definitely go look it up. I'm pretty sure he did appear. Cute. I'm pretty sure he did I think did he did, too. On uh, Sesame, Sesame Street. Street. So maybe look that up, too. I'm going to yeah. real quick and see if it's on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, I'll say our end stuff. We're going to thank Billy Zen for our theme song, Don't I Know You, copyright 19, or 2016, sorry. What year is it? <laughs> I'm not 
1980. No. Um, and thank you, Rachel Karn, for our logo. You're welcome. He did uh, Rubber Ducky on. I kind of yep, remember, remember that. I remember that. He did. He did. Yep, yep. I remember that. Okay, cool. Um, don't forget that we have an Instagram, Tales from the Rockside, and yes. Facebook. I've been trying to update on uh, the situations that we had with the laptop and all of that fun stuff. Yeah, but I think we're cooking with gas. I think now. we're working. I think it's yes. working, dude. That's really exciting. So far, so good. Uh, Audacity has worked beautifully this yes. whole time. So maybe knock on some wood before I say that. Uh, please like, rate, and review us on iTunes. Um, our email is rocksidetales at gmail.com. Yes, yes. Please, you know, contact us if you've got any questions or suggestions or, you know, yeah. stories that you want to tell us about maybe your favorite concerts yeah. or we could do a we could do a, a talking episode that'd be yeah, fun yeah yeah or like any um encounters yes. that, with rock stars that you want to talk about yeah sure. you want to let people know about that'd be really cool yeah. uh, if anyone's interested we can do a q a episode but i don't think anybody's i don't i don't think we're at that point now <laughs> i'm just saying it. i just meant like if anybody's interested yeah you know. yeah yeah though we'll save that for what it uh last podcast just did there is they said they're going to do one every 350 episodes yeah, something like that, something that, like that. Funny. <laughs> so yeah when we get around 350 episodes yeah, we'll, we'll do a we'll q a uh so recommend us to everyone you know yeah and thanks for listening rock on oh yeah i wanted to say real quick i'm sorry sorry this is completely unrelated to anything uh inktober is coming up so if anybody wants to follow my drawing inktober journey they're more than welcome to my instagram is at rach Karn, R-A-C-H-K-A-R-N, and I'm doing spooky things for Halloween. All right. Rock on. Rock on.